Close your eyes and imagine the backdrop for the fairy tales you loved as a child. Now open them. If you're standing on the shores of Lake Bled, Slovenia, seeing the church-topped island and the castle-topped cliff, then you're already there. Is this the most beautiful place on Earth? I certainly think so, and I'm not alone. Millions of visitors have marveled at the fairy tale perfection of Bled, Slovenia. This podcast brings you the wonders of Bled, its people, places, foods, history, and experiences. Everything you need for a perfect holiday. I'm your host, Noah Charney, and this is the Bled Podcast. Is this the most beautiful place on earth? Let's begin. Well, I am a teacher, and as a teacher, I found out that pupils uh, would prefer listening to stories than following exercises. <laughs> and so if I wanted to, to have them listening carefully, and I said, okay, my dear children, let's wait five minutes of grammar, and then I will tell you, let's say, how fairies filled uh, the Bleed Lake. <laughs> in a minute, there is silence in the classroom <laughs> and attention. The voice you are hearing belongs to Dushica Kunaur, the adorable, charming, eloquent, multilingual octogenarian who is Slovenia's leading mythographer. When Slovenes have read their own myths and legends, chances are they've read a version by Dushica. She worked for decades as an English teacher, but she's practically a household name throughout the country thanks to her books of folk tales, fairy tales, myths, and legends. Hundreds of them. In 2023, her book 100 Slovenian Folk Tales won the prestigious Book of the Year Award. Listening stories is the best and the most natural way of learning. And so I found out that <laughs> it is better to prepare as much as possible Slovenian folk tales because also this is a very, for me, a high stage of learning, of knowledge. If you know your own country and its culture, and first of all, folk culture, let's say. Dushica invited me for tea at her home in Ljubljana. It is, as you might imagine, full of books, not only on shelves that line all the walls, but in boxes and stacks on the floor, some rising higher than she is tall. Her husband was a renowned mountaineer, but Dushica explored through her imagination. Alan Lomax, the American anthropologist who walked the rural United States with an old reel-to-reel tape recorder, capturing audio recordings of folk music before the last practitioners of it passed away, well, he's a good example of a parallel to Dushica. Dushica likewise has spent her writing life recording Slovenia's folk tales, many of them told orally and never or only fragmentarily written down, and preserving them in published volumes for posterity. There are differences between folk tales, fairy tales, myths, and legends. We tend to use them interchangeably as terms, but in academic spheres, there are distinctive categories to each of these types of stories. I write about this more in my book, The Slavic Myths, co-authored by Slovenia's leading professor on mythology, Svetlana Slapšák. Folk tales are stories that are passed down orally for which no author is known. Fairy tales are like folk tales, but with the author known. And the assumption is that the author either took a folk tale and made it his or her own, or invented a story that has the feel of a folk tale. 
Such stories usually involve children in danger, animals that behave like people, witches and magic, princes and princesses. Children were the primary audience, and women, usually older women, were the primary storytellers. In fact, the Grimm brothers, Jacob and Wilhelm, employed a young girl to listen to stories told by an old woman who would only tell her stories to children. The girl would listen, then scoot off to repeat the tale as accurately as she could to the Grimm brothers, who then wrote it up and published it in their famous volume of fairy tales. They turned the folk tales told by an old woman into fairy tales, published under their name first in 1812. There are morals behind the stories, often with the goal of scaring children into good behavior and adherence to parental rules. Myths and legends are rather different. Myths often involve God or the gods in a pagan context, and help explain natural phenomena that the ancients could not understand scientifically, including things like origin stories of the world or places within it. Legends are stories that take place in some unnamed ancient past that involve mortal heroes, or in some cases demigods like Hercules, who go on adventures, often surviving thanks to divine intervention. In our context, Dushitsa is the fairy tale author of folk tales, myths, and legends. It is her version we know, but she didn't invent the stories, she harvested them. So as not to appropriate them myself, I want to let her tell her version of the story the way she told it to me in person, which is usually based on a first version of the story that she remembers from her mother telling her as a child. Uh, my mother, well, she was a churchgoer, let's say. And I, I won't forget how she told us how Slovenia was created. Well, when God creator was creating the whole world, and he was distributing oceans and rivers and mountains uh, all over the world. And what happened? At the end of all end, he distributed all over the world, all sorts of mountains and everything. And then he found out a small piece of land and that he saw that he hasn't got much left. And then he looked in, into his back because he was throwing out of his back oceans and, and mountains. And then he found out that, uh, that he has in his back a little piece of mountains and rivers and lakes and underground beauties. And then and he just uh, emptied his bag. So Slovenia is full of everything, of all beauties. All around the world, there are so many beauties. But here, on this small piece of ground, or this small piece of land, there are all the beauties of the world. I asked Dushitsa to tell me a few stories of Bled. And here is what she told me to pass on to you. Also, if you think of the nation, everything is very logical. In folk culture, let's say, well, so beautiful lake must be created by a beautiful creator. Mm -hmm. Let's say fairies. Mm -hmm. Fairies, they are beautiful. They are young. They have white, long dresses. They are good-hearted. Well, and then now let's go to the story. Well, uh, times ago, there was no lake. There was just a big meadow, sunny meadow, and the uh, shepherds were grazing. Mm -hmm. Oxen, cows, uh, sheep. But in the middle of this meadow, there was a little hill. 
And on the hill, the fairies were dancing their dances in starry, starry nights. Uh, but the sheep also ate grass on that hill. And one day, the fairies came to shepherds and they said, please uh, be so kind. Don't let your sheep and goats to eat grass on our hill because we are barefooted. We, we need grass for our dancing place. But they didn't care for the, for the words of the fairies. They said, well, I, I will let my cows eat grass wherever they want to. And so, and then they came the second time again. Please, shepherds, be so kind. We ask you. And they still didn't care. But the third time they came, listen, fairies are connected with nature. Nature always warns you and never acts quickly. If you don't keep your sheep and cows away from our hill, we will make a fence ourselves. Oh, and then they laughed. Oh, can you with your hands or, uh, and barefoot, will you make a, a fence round? Then it was too much. And they were serious. And they fenced their hill with water. <laughs> they opened mountain waters and waters came down all around their hill. So the shepherds lost their meadows <laughs> and we got a wonderful <laughs> lake. But the fairies got a safe island in the middle of the lake. And maybe today they are still dancing there in peace. This is an example of a tale that is pre-Christian. Dushitsa explains. Fairies, water sprites, these are pagan beings. But then when Christianity came to our country, many folk stories were Christianized. Mm -hmm. And also uh, there are stories how the Virgin Mary didn't let uh, cows to enter mm -hmm. her church and so on. Uh, but you see, we have thousands, ten thousands of stories, these from pre-pagan stories about uh, Water sprites, uh, fairies, uh, giants, the same stories or similar are all over Europe because we still had the same language, uh, Indo-European, the same European culture, let's say 5,000, 6,000 years ago. And we must not forget one thing. There is always a moral, moral duty in all these stories. Mm -hmm. If the shepherds were good-hearted and if they would help they wouldn't lose their mountain, so they lost it. I asked her to tell me her version of the story of the wishing bell on Blade Island. There are numerous versions, but here is hers. Listen, at the top of um, the castle, there lived one lord and his lady, and uh, Robert killed the lord, mm -hmm. and uh, his wife was very sad, and uh, she wanted to do something for his soul and uh, she bought a bell and uh, she paid also boatmen they put the bell on the boat and wanted to transport the bell to to the island uh, but what happened there was a terrible thunderstorm at that time and the boat turned over and the bell is somewhere at the bottom of the lake, but still we can hear from time to time 
tolling of the bell. Now that's the story that I'd heard and the one you're likely to be told by tour guides. But it doesn't answer the question about the wishing bell, the one that tourists queue to ring in the church on the island. There's a different story to explain that. We know that at the island in the middle of Bleed, there is a little bell and you ring it and you think a wish. Mm-hmm. But you may not tell to anybody what you will wish because then the bell will not fulfill yeah. your wish. And what happened? Also, there is one folk tale. There were a couple, newly married. They knew that they may not tell to each other what I wish and what you wish. Mm-hmm. And then she rang the bell and wished something. Mm-hmm. And then he rang the bell and wished something. But when it is over, it's over. But then husband asked her, my dear, what did you wish? Oh, you know what I wished. Mm. I wish to get a girl baby. And then he was so unhappy. I wished a boy baby. Mm -hmm. What will happen now? Now the bell will be confused and we will not get anything and any answer. It was, they were all terribly depressed. Mm. But what happened? After nine months, They got twin, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, boy and girl. Okay, so maybe that story doesn't explain the tradition of ringing the wishing bell. It's also a much younger tale, as you likely noticed. It comes from Christian times, certainly, when a church was on the island and when the wishing bell was already a thing. The bell itself is not meant to be a sort of genie in a lamp. It's in a church, after all, and what it's meant to do is send your prayer up to God who is the only one, Christians would say, who can grant wishes in the form of answering prayers. This is why you're meant to pray, gently ring the bell while facing the altar, and definitely don't swing on it like Tarzan, and hope that eventually, if you're good and pious, God will answer that prayer. I asked Dushitsa for one tale that was related to the wider Blid area, rather than the lake itself. She told me the story of Bab Yezob, or Hag's Tooth, an outcropping of rock on a cliff a short drive from the lake in the direction of Lake Bohin that looks a bit like a canine tooth. Just wonderful. But listen, you translate it as a hag's tooth, but the story says that it was a dragon tooth. Aha, okay. And also, I was talking to uh, local uh, people, and they, they, nobody knew. <laughs> Why the, the name is different from the, the folk story, which everybody of them oh, knew. Yeah. Well, now let's go to the story, okay. Dragon's Tooth. Well, Doje, you know Doje near Krenska Gora. Mm-hmm. The story, the folk tale says that there still is a lake under the village of Doje, mm-hmm. and a terrible dragon lived or lives mm-hmm. lived there. The dragon was dangerous. So everybody was afraid of it because it made terrible voices. But one day he had toothache and what to do. But the dragon knew that a giant lived in the mountains above Bleed near Stowe and that this uh, giant was also a um, dentist. A <laughs> <laughs> giant dentist, I like that. <laughs> That's right. And so the dragon went to the giant and he asked that he had to toothache and the giant said okay don't worry and he took uh, his um, tool mm-hmm. and one two three the, the tooth was out of his mouth and then oh thank you very much and he turned around and he wanted to go home 
Oh, my dear, said the giant, will you pay something? You came to the dentist, and hmm. I expect. But then the dragon became courageous. Be happy that I don't eat you up. But the giant was not so easily to be frightened, and he said, Oh, also I have, and he took a, a tool and he wanted to pull out one more, and then the dragon was afraid. Uh, let's be friends, let's be friends. And so the dragon took the giant to the lake, and he gave him a lot to eat, and they made a good lunch together, and everything was okay. But the tooth, which was pulled out of the, dra uh, after the dragon's tooth, was rolling down, rolling down, and at the edge of Elovica, it stopped. So it should be called Zmaiski Zol, not yeah, It Bavia should be Zmaid, uh, called Zmaiski Zol, uh -huh, not uh, 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 Babi Zol. Yeah, not, not the right hag's tooth, but the dragon's yeah, tooth. In the dragon's tooth would be more proper. It's a cute story, but one with a lot of acrobatics of the imagination to explain a roughly canine-shaped rock formation. Similar stories of varying lengths, interest, and imagination can be found to explain just about any natural phenomenon in Slovenia. How many such stories have been lost, one can only imagine, but we can be grateful to lifelong mythographers like Dusica for preserving as much as remains to us. Bled certainly looks like the backdrop for fairy tales. The next time you visit, have in mind some of the local legends, but feel free to make a fairy tale of your own. I once suggested to the tourism board that they make the slogan for Blid, enter the fairy tale. Each time I visit, it feels like the magic is about to happen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Blid podcast. Is this the most beautiful place on earth? The official podcast of the Blid tourist board. In each episode, we explore Blid and its surroundings. You'll find it all here in this image of paradise.